You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. The number one asset I have that I consider to be the foundation of why we've been able to build what we've been able to build is my ability to stay in a place called in tone, in tone. What does this mean? When a fighter pilot locks on to a target in front of the cockpit, ready to finally hit that button and shoot that missile, they say these words, I've got tone, I've got tone. It basically means that everything, every, everything leading up to this moment is aligned perfectly and there's tone set on the target. As an entrepreneur, like I'll tell you, most entrepreneurs don't have tone. They don't have uh, focus. They, nothing's aligned. They're actually chasing a million different things. They have no idea like what causes what. And it's this massive cobweb of like confusion and chaos. Imagine that same idea happening with like a fighter pilot in the Air Force, just shooting random missiles everywhere, hitting buildings and like just massive skyscrapers falling over, never really hitting the enemy or the target. But it's all this firepower and all of this bandwidth being used recklessly. That's probably where 99% of entrepreneurs, that's how they live. It's how they operate. It's how they produce work. It's how they create. And uh, it's a challenge even for me and Chris to stay on tone to where we have that tone and we have that focus. Because as an entrepreneur, you can create anything you want, but you just can't do it all at the same time, right? And uh, if you're spinning your bandwidth, spinning your wheels out, changing the color of some stupid website, or if you're like, man, I'm going to create a new offer and I'm going to sell it before you're ready, then you're like just shooting missiles randomly and you're never hitting any target. You're never like there's a future that you want. And you're never actually bringing that future closer to the present. It's usually an issue of focus. It's usually an issue of tone. So the thought that I want to share with you is how do you get tone? How do you get focus? How do you build this bunker around yourself so that what you could do now, I crack up. I don't know if you saw my post yesterday, but I just it blows me away. And it's like halfway funny, halfway sad at the people in the market who are doing a brand new thing like every three days. It's like, oh, they're a, they're a business coach, and then they're building softwares, and then they're a webinar expert, and then they are uh, you know teaching people how to flip cars, and then they're into Bitcoin. And it's like these people are just like swaying with the wind. And it's a really a, a – it should be a sign – you watch out for because it actually is indicative that this person does not value mastery. They just value the indulgences of being able to start something new every five minutes. They got no tone. Somebody say, I got no tone. This is good training I'm going to give you today. Of paying attention. Tone, tone, tone. When you got tone, you feel it. Everything you touch works. It just all of your bandwidth aligns behind a singular purpose. So three ways to get tone. You guys want this? Is this uh, something that you're interested in? 
how to create mental mastery focus, how to push through resistance. You want to know how we push through resistance? This is how we do it. I'm ready to tell you if you're ready to hear it. First way that you can really steward tone and focus in your life. And we talk about this all the time, but I'm actually going to tell you how to change this thing as an environment. Did you know that there are, there are studies now? Listen to this because this is massively important. This is new stuff. There are studies now that show our brain chemistry is built from our genetic makeup. You probably already knew that. But what I'm about to tell you, you probably didn't know. So our genetic makeup, the genes that we're born with, have an impact on our brain chemistry. And brain chemistry is really important because the way that your brain chemistry works is like, you know, even even like a small shrinkage of something in your prefrontal cortex changes everything about how you solve problems, how you focus, how you get shit done. But our brain chemistry comes from our genes and our environment is like a switcher that can turn things on and off. All right, stay, bear with me for a second. Okay. That means that there are certain environmental cues that actually push around the makeup of how our brain works. Environment is a massive deal. If you get into studying mirror neurons and how the neurochemistry even works and how the brain literally reorganizes itself based on the people you are around and the level of, uh, you read power versus force, the rating of the type of material you're surrounded by. This isn't just people. Environment is people, it's things, it's information, it's a bunch of different stuff. So you're you're getting, I just had a conversation with my advisors today. I was like, you know, where are you getting what your sense of normal is? Because everybody's got a rating. We've got a rating of good, average, bad. All right, we've got that rating. Everybody's got it. But you're getting it from your environment. You're getting it from your environment. You are getting your rating, your, your, your view of what is good, what is average, what is bad. You are getting that from your environment, the books you read, the people you hang out with, the cars you drive. It's real. Your environment pushes around what you feel like is good or bad. Stay with me because this is we're talking about how to control your environment to build this mastery over the way you think, over the way you perform. Okay, so environment messes with neuro brain chemistry, all of that good stuff. There are three things that I've found, three things that I've discovered, three that impact your environment of what is normal, your perception of what is normal more than anything else in the world. Three things. You want to write them down because you got to constantly be looking at these things and making sure that you map these things to what you want to become. There is a future version of yourself. It's going to happen. Time does not slow down. Time's not going to stop for you. There is a five years from now version of you. But the beauty of it is you kind of get to control what that version looks like. And by choosing not to control it, you are controlling it. All right. Three things. Time is number one. Things is number two. People is number three. Okay. Inside of this idea of environment, Inside of this idea of you being able to pick up what's normal or not, there are three things that really matter. Time, things, and people. Now, nobody wants to use time. Nobody wants to use time because you don't want to be 100 years old before you finally get to a place where you're like making good money. All right, that's not, that's not the goal. But it is true and it is proven 
That's why we have these phrases, time heals all wounds and blah, 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 blah. It's because time is a reset button. And if you make, you know, $100,000 a month for the next 10 years, then all this, that's going to normalize it for you. But that's not the best way. It's not the most efficient way. You look at my life, you know, four years ago, I, sometimes I pull up journals and it's like, you know, four years ago, I'm like working for somebody else and I'm making $1,800 a month and I'm like trying to figure out how to like charge more than $400 for my service. I didn't use time to normalize, obviously, because that's not a very long period of time. The second thing, though, is things. You can use things to normalize. This is why people are like, you know, hey, should I get this new car? Hey, should I get this new house? Hey, should I do that? Do it? You know, whatever. And there is like this idea of like, man, don't, you know, things are bad or just whatever. And we'll tell clients and we'll tell our advisors and our team, sometimes it's the right thing to do. You got to make sure that, that the vision you have for your future, the thing you want for your future, you're not constantly fighting against your environment. Because what happens when it's like, man, one of you guys on here is like, man, I want to charge $25,000 for what I do. It's worth it. I'm worth 25 grand. Let's go. And then you get into a broke down 1987 Honda Accord that barely works and the tires have fallen off. There's no way in hell you're going to be able to charge 25 grand because your environment is just pulling against what you want to be normal. Does this make sense? I'm not saying you go spend all your money tomorrow. That's silly. I think it's silly when people, you know, make a million dollars and go spend all of that money on, on like a house or something. That's silly. That's not being safe. That's like past the bounds of wisdom. But at the same token, it's like, man, one of the best things I ever did was give myself a Tesla and give myself an office and get myself in a place where my environment reinforced the type of person that I wanted to be rather than working against it. The other thing is people. And then we'll move on to the other two points I have. But the other thing is people. It's like, you know, Ryan Steenberg, he's on this, uh, he's on this Facebook live right now. Ryan Steenberg is a client and he was living in a place called Springfield. And Springfield is a really small town and a really small city. And I was like, man, you need to get around some new people. You need to get around some new people because one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest hacks to get what you want, let's say you want to make a million dollars. You got to get around some people who are doing like $50 million and they will, they will force normalization back onto you. People are going to force normalize everything in your life. All right. This is the real deal. This is why like, you know, at some point you have to change your circle. You have to, you have to. It's not because you don't love the people that you've grown up with. It's not because you don't love the people that are your friends. It's because they are going to normalize their level onto you. You got to be real careful with this. Just saying. All right. So how to get tone. Number one is obviously environment. We talked about a couple of things that impact environments. Number two is mental rituals. How many of you have daily rituals, physical rituals? You go to the gym, you drink a glass of water, you may not even know you have rituals, but you probably do because people are habitual by nature. You've got rituals somewhere, even if you don't know what they are. But mental rituals, this is big. Mental rituals are 10 times more important than anything else. Because mental rituals put a, mental rituals decrease the variance. All right, variance is the, you know, one day is good, one day is bad, one day is good, one day is bad. Mental rituals decrease the variance of how you think and your thoughts. All right, so I'm going to give you some ideas. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by a guy named Marcus Aurelius. He said, 
Our life is what our thoughts make it. All right, so if you're not paying attention to the way you think, you're probably going to struggle a lot. You're probably going to be depressed one day and happy the next day. You're just not going to know what the hell's going on. You're just going to be a little confused bubble of chaos. That's what your life is going to be. So you want to focus on your thoughts. So mental rituals, decreasing the variance. Number one is set an idea quota for yourself. These are things that I do for, for me personally. I don't know what Chris does. Chris is like scarily stable. I don't, I don't have any idea how Chris is just steady Eddie, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm literally all over the map. Like people are like, man, some days you're like hot. Some days you're cold. And it's like, man, I've, I've had to put these things in place or else I'm just like up and down. Yo, yo, roller coaster. Chris doesn't have to do these things because he's more mature than I am. But, uh, the first, the first thing is, is get an idea quota. So like, check this out. Wasn't planning on showing you this, but like inside this notebook, I've got like daily to do's that I have in here. And I've also got this thing called radar. And I don't know why I chose the word radar, but I write underneath my daily to do stuff, which I usually do the night before. And I write this word called radar and I write ideas underneath in bullets. And I try to write three to five ideas a day. What this does is it gives you a ritual of being creative, being productive. How many of you have a problem in your life or business or whatever that you would like to solve right now? Yes or no? Because if you're all like, no, my life is perfect, maybe we just need to be doing a different topic. How many of you have problems in your business that you need creative solutions for? Everyone, right? But solutions for problems come from ideas. And really, you know what? You're paid in direct proportion, direct proportion to the amount of ideas that you can come up with and implement. And so setting an idea quota is really cool. It's a really cool way to get your brain thinking creatively. It's a really cool way to every day you just stretch out that muscle and get it going. Start doing it. Number two, practice reframing. Every day I try to take one situation and reframe the meaning of that situation. It's like, well, that's a little weird. Why are you doing that? Well, because there's other studies that you can look at. It's, it's really not what happens to us as much as it is what we think happens to us. You've all heard the story, or maybe you haven't, of um, the people who go to the doctor and they have like a, a headache or something and the doctor gives them pills and the pills are like sugar pills, but the placebo effect de- takes away the illness, Right. That's a true story. There are studies that have been replicated many times on this. It's not as much what happens to you. It's more what you think happens to you. And so if you can take one situation a day, just one a day, how many of you have at least one thing that you don't like happen every day? You know, if you're like me, you've got like 15 things that you don't like every day, which is an indicator that you're growing. If if you're like, man, nothing, I don't ever have anything happen to me. You're not growing. Something's wrong. All right, so you should have at least one thing a day that you don't really like. Write down a reframe of why you're grateful that that happens. This is a reframe. This is a typical reframe. And when you do this, you get very good at being able to look behind the circumstance, behind the event, and understand that everything that happens to you is happening for you. It's a gift. It's designed to make you stronger. It's designed to make you be able to see wider Mike wants an example. Yeah, dude, I'll give you an example that's so close to home that uh, you guys are going to think that something's wrong with me. But yesterday, we put out you know this training where we're offering a big bonus for the Reflex Selling System. If you guys haven't seen this, 
asked me for the link because it's awesome. And uh, people have been posting in the group, and they're like, this is the most amazing training I've ever seen. But we sent it to our list, and you know, I don't know. We got only like five or six people hop into it, and it kind of didn't really work. Like It was kind of like it like sort of works, but like didn't really work that well. And uh, I was just thinking about this last night. I was like, man, let's reframe this right now because I'm a little bummed that this didn't work. It happens to me too. Every single person is going to get bummed. That's why it's hilarious when people are like, oh, my marketing didn't work. Bro, your marketing is not going to work so many times. You're going to have to redo it and learn from it. And I was like, I'm grateful that this is create- This is forcing me to be a better marketer because I can go out and create another video and I'll just keep creating stuff until this freaking works because the product is amazing. I know that it's what people need. So there's an example for you. But this happens all the time. This happens in everything. It happens in everything. Maybe there's something in your life that you don't, you want but you don't have right now. Reframe that. You know, thank God that I don't get things that are e- that you know easily because what you get easily, you lose easily. Anyways, enough on this. We'll move on. So the first way, idea quota. The second, practice reframes. The third is one of my favorites. Favorites ever is something called fear setting. And you may be familiar with this because of a guy named Tim Ferriss, who I believe was the first person to actually come out with this idea. But this is a great way to create a mental ritual so that you are empowering yourself to take advantage of the right opportunities and to avoid the wrong opportunities. And so Tim Ferriss is like, you know, you need to sit down, you need to write out what you're afraid of and think what's the worst that could happen. Is that really what I'm afraid of? But I have a little twist to it. And um, my twist is like, compare your fears, compare your fears. Fear is like, like, I think it was Seneca who said like, our fears are always more, more prevalent than our dangers or something to the effect of like, you're going to have more fears than you do actual dangers. Fear is just a construct of the imagination designed to keep humans safe back when we were getting eaten alive by like saber tooth tigers and stuff. So most of the things that we're afraid of today, they're not scary at all. It's like, well, I'm afraid that if I post this, nobody will like it. Okay. Big freaking whoop. Or I'm afraid that if I ask this person out, they'll say no. And so it's like really having an exercise where you can get to the bottom of it. Like if this is the worst that can happen, am I cool with that? Or am I truly like terrified of this? And then comparing that, this is what I like to do that's different than Tim's stuff is compare the opposite. You know, let's say that you're going to, you're, you're about to post this, this thing in a group or whatever, you're about to, to teach somebody something, you're like, what's the worst that can happen? Nobody could like it. Well, what's the best that could happen? What's the best that could happen? Pay attention to this because this is like, this is how you empower yourself to move. What's the best that can happen? And then isolate those two things together and compare them. And compare the worst of one with the worst of the other, which the worst of the other is like, what if, what if this actually is going to work and I don't post it? What if this person would actually say yes if I asked them out, but I don't ask them. You have to get into a, into a habit of comparing costs. And most times what you'll find is the cost of doing something and it not working is trivial compared to the cost of not doing something and never knowing. All right, so the third thing is, so we've got environment, which you can control. You can always control your environment. You've got the mental rituals, three different types of mental rituals that I use. And then the third thing, and this is a little more practical, so I'm just bringing this from up in the air to down close to home, is build a habits list. And there's a specific way that 
I would recommend you do this. I did write this one down and I was thinking about this morning. Confucius uh, said, our natures are all alike. It is our habits that carry us far apart. Our natures are all alike. It is our habits that carry us far apart. And this is something that I like to do. And we sort of teach this in the morning formula in Psycho-Cybernetics, which we sent to, we should probably sent over a thousand copies of this book to clients and random people. But you want to get a picture of the person you want to become. Remember earlier I told you there is a future version of yourself. You cannot avoid that. There is a version of Taylor 10 years from now that I am going to become that person. But who that person is, I get to control that. I get to make the decisions now that are going to set the trajectory for who I'm going to become. This is long-term thinking in work, at work right now. You want to get a picture of that person. What is it that you want? What is it that you want? Is it 100 clients? Is it 20 clients? Is it a software company? Is it an e-com company? Is it to own a building in New York? Is it to be a real estate mogul? Is it to be an industry titan that comes in and buys a bunch of different businesses? What is it that you want? This is why people most of the times do not hit their goals because they don't have any goals. You got to decide what you want. And if you're like me, you have to decide what you want multiple times a month, sometimes multiple times a week. What is it that you want? Get that picture and then think this is a particular sequence you need to go through when you're building this habit list. What is it that you want? Get a visual picture of it. And then what type of person do you have to be to get what you want? And I'm not talking just like, oh, I have to be a cool person. You know, I'm talking be detailed about this. You know, when I go into 10 years down the road, I see someone who's got books. I see someone who's got, you know, a tremendous amount of content that pushing out to the world because impact is the driver, not necessarily money. I see someone who is ruthless about my time. I see someone who wakes up early. I see someone who really is protective over the people I invest in on a personal relational level. I see someone who is involved in in my church and into the things that I care about. And I see all these things and it's very detailed and you can see the personality that I'm building out. And then I build my habits from that person. That means I need to be getting in the habit of getting up at 4.30 now. I need to be writing every day now. If you're going to write books, if you're going to, whatever it is that you want. In fact, I'll give you this, this example too. So you guys like, like me giving you examples of my life. You know, one of the things that I want is I want to have real estate. I want something to do with all this money. It's basically what I'm saying. Like, I want something to do because we're like living the dream. Like we're making an impact. The business is growing. Y'all, we're building. We've hired eight people in the last two weeks. Like people don't even know like what we're doing. We're just hiding stuff behind the scenes because it's like, first of all, I'll tell you if you ask. But second of all, it's like some of the stuff we're building is like it's going to take a year and a half to really get full on built out. And uh, people are going to watch us blow up in even other areas in the market in different industries. And uh, it's like we've already got this this war chest of like, man, I want something to do with this, with this money. I want to invest into this and that and the other. And one of the things I want on my on my formula is like five years from now, I want to own X amount of dollars in real estate. And I looked up, I was like, I don't have any real estate. So a couple weeks ago, I made a decision to buy a property from a good buddy of mine that's already producing income. You see how the decisions you make and the 
the choices you make on a daily basis are going to come from the, com- the completeness of your vision and then the habits you create along the way. So like five years ago, I, I developed a habits list based on the person I wanted to become. I can tell you every single thing that was on that list, I've accomplished and more. It's not woo-woo. It's not weird. It's just getting clarity around where you want to get to. And then building your habits, building your activities, reverse engineering all of that back into your day-to-day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. What you eat for lunch from you know, what you spend when you spend money on when you're bored, all of these things. All right. So environments, mental rituals, a habits list based on where you want to get to, and really making sure that you know what you want because part of the problem about this list is like you can't do any of this if you don't know what you want. To get in tone, to line everything up, you have to know what you want or else you're just shooting into the wind. Make sense? A couple questions people have. Let me go through them real fast. How do you weigh temporal, contextual goals versus emotional, mental goals in this exercise? That's an amazing question because you should have both. You should 100% have both. I think the the thing is like typically we we view these things as like opposites. And it took me a long time to really figure this out. But they're closer than you think. They're closer to the same side of like we almost have this view that there's like a fulcrum and a bench. And one set of goals is on one side and one set of goals is on the other. And you have to sacrifice and move things around. Right? It's probably how you're thinking about them. But from an emotional standpoint, you know, if you want to feel impact, if you want to feel like you're actually making a contribution, that's probably on the same side of how much money you make. Those aren't competing goals. Those are very similar. Those are on the same side. Some things you just have to prioritize. Like sometimes it's like, man, if you want, like if you want a gold plated jet, like in the next three years, like you're not going to be able to see your family at all. Some things are like that. So you just change your timelines, but a lot of them dude are on the same side and you just don't realize it. It's like people have this thing too where they're like, and I want to make this amount of money, but I don't want to work this hard. Well, it's like, well, if you change your business, you can have both. You can have this that amount of money and you could not work. You see, like, but it's usually a lack of context that gets us confused in that regard. All right, y'all. Cool. Glad you enjoyed it. See you guys soon.